podcast where we take a glance at movies, television, comic books, and anime, and let you know if it's worth a second. And I'm your host, Jeremy McKinley. Now dare to journey into mystery with me today as I discuss season one of the new MCU Disney Plus show, Loki. Created by Michael Waldron and directed by Kate Heron, the show centers around the god of mischief, played wonderfully again by Tom Hiddleston, right after his escape from the Avengers at the end of the Battle of New York, an unfortunate consequence of the time heist from Endgame. Now, during his escape, he is immediately captured by the TVA, or Time Variance Authority, a bureaucratic organization that exists outside of time itself and monitors the timeline, making corrections where they need be. (sighs) Now, my expectations going into the show were pretty low, as Loki was never a character I found all that interesting. Uh, the uh, The words I would use to describe the character would be inconsistent, Lacking conviction, lacking in understandable goals, and and an undeserved ego. And the show, at least in the first episode, attempts to explore what makes Loki, Loki. Uh, There's this whole bit where Owen Wilson's character, who I forgot his name, but questions why Loki does what he does. Like, does he enjoy hurting people? And, you know, what's his goal? Is his goal to rule the universe? Why? What does he want to rule the universe? It's kind of very introspective, uh, very similar to something like Megamind, except I think Megamind does it better. But yeah, they kind of do this little introspection thing for the first episode or so, and I found it really enjoyable, especially because they just were really digging into the character of Loki itself, or Loki himself. The problem is, is that that question of what makes Loki Loki is never really answered. I mean, sure, Loki is and more caring person by the end of this show, but I never really bought the transformation. There's this actually pretty well done scene where Owen Wilson's character uh, shows Loki everything that would have happened to him had he not escaped, from his fake sacrifice in the Dark World, to his betrayal and redemption in Ragnarok, to his actual death at the hands of Thanos. And the scene is played well, and Tom Hiddleston acts his ass off. And it's a great beginning to a non-existent character arc. I knew the character has just attacked New York earlier that day, killing thousands of innocent people, and yet we're just supposed to believe this moment magically makes him emotionally redeemed. Uh, The biggest weakness of the entire show is uh, the characters. Uh, 90% of them lack any real personality and are simply used as expository mouthpieces. And it's pretty sad because uh, one of my favorite act- actors, uh, Gugu Mumbata-Ra, is in this as the judge. And she doesn't really get much to do in terms of uh, stretching her dramatic range, which is something I know she has in spades. Uh, what you get from pretty much every character's performance is what they give you in the first time you see them. They're kind of expository, self-serious, with, with the exception of Owen Wilson, like, no one else has any sense of humor whatsoever, so it's kind of dull, unless Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston are on screen together. Uh, there's this character named Sylvie, who's the female Loki, and kind of comes in uh, around episode three, I guess, and she is the biggest example of this in terms of just being very simple and they really don't care to go into her her pathos as a character. She's very angry all the time and it just kind of seems to stay that way and not in an interesting way. 
the show wants you to be invested in her journey, but really makes no attempt to get you invested in her journey. There's this whole thing with her being kidnapped from her reality or her timeline and then it being erased. And I guess that really breaks her down, but we never see that timeline. We see her, we see her as a child playing with toys, but that's literally all we see in her timeline. We don't see her life with her family. We don't see the things or people that she cares about and her relationship to that at all. So when it's erased, we don't know what she's lost, so we're not connected with her journey at all. Uh, you know, I mean, John Wick did it best where they, you know, show how cute a puppy is and show a guy bond with it for a couple days. And then when you kill that puppy, you're all on board for him to murder, you know, mow down 40 plus bad guys. Even in this great scene at the end involving a certain conqueror, if you will, is cut short by her constant need to make the scene she's in just not that interesting. Like she doesn't react or change by any scene. She kind of just stays headstrong in what she's trying to do, no matter what. And she calls pretty much everyone a liar. So like, not, so every conversation with her is kind of like talking to a brick wall. So yeah, it's just it's just unfortunately not a not that fun to have her around. And the, unfortunately, she and Loki, who pretty much are together for about eighty percent of the show, are they got they got no chemistry at all. Uh, they have zero chemistry, and which sucks because their story is pretty much the majority of the entire show. Um, I did like old Loki, though, uh, played wonderfully by Richard E. Grant. He plays a classic-looking Loki with, like, the classic uh, 1960s Loki curved horns and stuff uh, for his, like, tiny moment in the show. I thought he was great and had a uh, just refreshing to see personality again in the character because the show seems to be lacking thereof. So when you see just a little bit of a joke or not even a joke, but just somebody acting like they have you know, some life behind them, some life experience, some shit happened to them. It just really stands out. The visuals of the show are nice to look at, I guess. Uh, I like the music in the intro. It has this very cool theremin-driven cosmic X-Files vibe going on. So i uh, always kind of loved when that came on just because it was like, oh, this seems to have a style here. and I, I like that. Now, the world building in the show uh, feels very first draft because the TVA, which is where this whole thing is happening. It's kind of like almost like cosmic men in black to some degree. And uh, the TVA seems incredibly competent in the first episode, being able to get their job done really easily. And, you know, they seem like they can do it pretty pretty well. Like, very much like the men in black, it's very much routine, yet it's dealing with, like, things like aliens or cosmic things or timelines. So they kind of but play it like it's like just this regular, boring, you know, bureaucratic job. The problem is is that after episode one, they become completely incompetent at their job, and it is grating, it is gratingly irritating. Uh, the first, uh, the foot soldiers of the show, or Minutemen as they are called, are essentially stormtroopers, which means they're great at accomplishing what? What is not a damn thing? Yeah. <laughs> All we ever do is see them get their asses kicked, which makes the TVA as a whole seem really easy to take down. Sylvia literally kills and beats up all of them. When I mean all of them, I don't mean all of them, just everyone that we see. She beats them all up over the entire course of the show. Just everyone she comes in contact with relatively easily, too, which makes, which actually begs the question why her whole plan to take 
the TVA down, spoilers, uh, took multiple decades for her to plan because she just kind of walks in and just starts killing bad guys or killing, not bad guys, but the TVA and, or Minutemen, the little foot soldiers. And yeah, she just kind of beats them all up. It's not, not even really hard. Just kind of, I don't know. It just feels the worst of any given Bruce Lee fight scene where he's just kind of so much better than everybody else that it's kind of not fun to watch. It's very one-sided, so to speak. Uh, there's this reveal that the TVA is not what it seems to be, and it comes across like someone you didn't really know revealing that they're a serial killer. Like, it's played like... But it lands like... I mean, I guess. Sure. Um, I mean, the show never really successfully invested me in the lie. So when it begs to ask the question... What if I told you that the TVA was corrupt? I would respond with, well, yeah, no shit. It's kind of like if they had done the whole Hydra has corrupted S.H.I.E.L.D., but like in the first Captain America movie, or not first Captain America movie, but let's just say like the first Avengers film. Like we haven't even seen S.H.I.E.L.D. be good at its job, or it kind of justify his existence and make us believe that they're a force for good before pulling the rug out from under us and showing us that they're actually kind of corrupted and evil and they're doing some awful things because Hydra is in there. They don't do that first part of making us like them or at least feel like they're they're needed and good at their job. They just kind of like, oh, by the way, here's the TVA and they do this thing. And it's very important. Oh, also they're evil. And it's, and I, you know, characters are played like, wow, I, 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 trusted this you know Owen Wilson's character has been working for them for a long time and he's just like I trusted these people they're great they're good and then he finds it out and he's like what no but 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 I, I I worked for you guys and I believed in the cause and everything how could you guys you know betray our trust like that and it's just it just doesn't sell it just doesn't sell at all so uh the plot itself is a little interesting as it deals with you know time paradoxes and all and alternate versions of characters, but they never really do anything with that. Uh, there's this episode involving a bunch of alternate Lokis that goes nowhere and feels like the love child of fan service and filler. Uh, you can honestly remove two episodes out of the six of this season and you wouldn't really miss much. Yeah, there's a, and, and the last episode, which I, I will agree is a goes out on a high note, has a cool moment involving uh, that certain conqueror I was telling you about, and he's monologuing like the architect at the end of The Matrix Reloaded. And it's fun because that actor, uh, I really enjoyed him. I forgot the character's name, but he was in Last Black Man in San Francisco, and he's excellent in that sh movie, and he's excellent here. He's definitely, um, like, they definitely let him just chew scenery as he's just kind of explaining how it all works. And it's fun to watch him do that again because, again, the you know, we've kind of been following Loki, who's this kind of weird, inconsistent character, and Sylvie, who's just a brick wall of a character. And so to have someone that actually is having some fun and giving us some personality, it's just, again, refreshing. And there's also a nice little twist at the end of the season, but unfortunately, uh, I'm probably not going to come back for it. So, you know... Just uh, came a too little too late, and uh, I guess it's no surprise what my rating is going to be. So I'm just going to wrap this up with a 4 out of 10. Thank you for joining me. At first glance, you can find us on the Podbean, and you can find us on the Apple Podcast app. Thank you for 
I'm Jeremy McKinley, and thank you for joining me.